Good afternoon. This hearing of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee will come to order. Uh, we are meeting to hear the uh, statements and, and uh, ask questions of four nominees for the ambassadorships of ambassadorships to Latvia, Serbia, Bulgaria, Papua New Guinea, the Solomon Islands, and I will not pronounce this right, Vanna, somebody help me. Vanu Natu, okay, close enough. Um, my, my excuse is it's not in the European Subcommittee's jurisdiction. Uh, but I, I, I really want to welcome our, our uh, nominees. I want to thank you for your prior service. You're all uh, long-term professional uh, career foreign service. Uh, I like to see that in, in ambassadorships. Uh, I do want to encourage you to uh, introduce your families in your opening statements. Uh, we realize, you know, really what big responsibilities these are, how this is, you know, your careers have taken you away from your families in, in many respects. And so we realize this, this truly is a, an act of family service to this nation as well, and we, we truly do appreciate it. I'll ask my uh, written opening statement be under the record, and I'll turn it over to Senator Shaheen, because we do have votes that are going to definitely affect this, this hearing. Senator Shaheen. Um, well, thank you, Mr. Chairman, and congratulations to each of our nominees. I look forward to your statements. I will also submit my opening statement for the record. Thank you. Well, we'll just hop right into it. Our first uh, nominee is Mr. John Leslie Car Carwile. Uh, Ms. Carwile is the President's nominee to be Ambassador to Latvia. Mr. Carwile, by the way, am I pronouncing that right? Mr. Carwile is a career member of the State Department's Senior Foreign Service and currently serves as Deputy Director of the Office of Career Development Assignments. Previously, he served as Deputy Chief of Mission at the U.S. Embassies in Brunei and Nepal, uh, Minister Counselor for the Economic Affairs at the U.S. Embassy in Italy, and Council for Economic Affairs at the U.S. Embassies in Iraq and Canada. Mr. Carwile. Mr. Chairman, Ranking Member, distinguished members of the committee, I am honored and privileged to be addressing the committee as the President's nominee to be the United States Ambassador to the Republic of Latvia. I deeply appreciate the trust and confidence that President Trump and Secretary Pompeo are placing in me with this nomination. If confirmed, I promise to focus my time and attention on advancing the interests of the United States in the Republic of Latvia. My number one priority will be the security and welfare of U.S. citizens and that of the extraordinary embassy team in Latvia. I will place the utmost importance on strengthening the robust partnership between our two great countries and friendship between our people. And I pledge to work closely with this committee, your staffs, and other members of Congress to achieve these goals. I would like to thank my friends, family and colleagues for their support during my career. I also want to acknowledge our two daughters, Catherine, who's here today, and Madeline, who is in Boston. I am so proud of them as good people and for their accomplishments. I especially want to thank my wife and partner, Karen Hoschild, an outstanding representative of the United States during nine overseas tours for her wisdom and constant support and to whom I owe so much. After 32 years in the Foreign Service, I bring experiences and skills that have prepared me well, if confirmed, to serve as the U.S. Ambassador to Latvia. I have successfully led large teams both in Washington and overseas, including heading the State Department's economic effort in Baghdad and serving as Economic Minister Counselor at Embassy Rome. I have twice been Deputy Chief of Mission, first in Brunei and later in Nepal when the 2015 earthquake struck and we sheltered over 500 Americans and worked with the U.S. military to provide disaster assistance throughout much of the country. Mr. Chairman, the United States and Latvia have been close friends for nearly a century. 
This was shown most clearly in the 1940 Sumner Wells Declaration, which stated the United States' refusal to recognize the forced annexation of Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania by the Soviet Union. From 1940 until the full restoration of Latvian independence, a half a century later, the flag of the Republic of Latvia continued to fly in Washington. The Wells Declaration made clear our steadfast commitment to Latvia's freedom, sovereignty, and territorial integrity. If confirmed, I pledge to strengthen this commitment and further show that the United States will always remain a friend to and an ally of Latvia. Today, Latvia has proven itself one of our strongest allies. It contributes to security missions across the globe, including in Afghanistan and Iraq. It is among a select group of NATO allies that meets its commitment to spend at least 2% of GDP on defense and at least 20% of defense expenditures on major equipment. Latvia is among our most knowledgeable and active partners in combating Russian malign influence. Latvia advocates for Ukraine and other states threatened by Russia's aggressive activities. President Trump celebrated 100 years of Latvian, Estonian, Lithuanian independence at the White House on April 3, 2018. As the president affirmed that day in a joint declaration with the presidents of Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania, the United States appreciates the tremendous progress achieved by Latvia and the other Baltic states in political stability, economic growth, and security cooperation, and their contributions to European and international security and advancement of shared democratic values. Mr. Chairman, if confirmed by the Senate, I intend to strengthen the U.S.-Latvian relationship while advocating for and advancing U.S. interests in Latvia and throughout Europe. I will strengthen our robust security cooperation. I will work to increase our bilateral trade and investment. I will expand upon our strong cooperation in advancing democracy, rule of law, and developments in Eastern Partnership states and across Central Asia. Strengthening our relationship also means addressing difficult and complicated issues with Latvia. If confirmed, I will press the Latvian government to develop, enact, and implement reforms addressing critical corruption and money laundering threats that persist in the country. And I will support efforts to address Holocaust-era legacies, such as Jewish communal property restitution. I recognize and fully appreciate the honor bestowed upon me by this nomination. If confirmed, I will do my utmost to reward the trust that you, your fellow congresspersons, the president, Secretary Pompeo, and the American people are placing in me. I will focus wholeheartedly in, in, on advancing the interests of the United States in Latvia while strengthening our bilateral partnership. Thank you for your time, Mr. Chairman, and inviting me to appear before you today. I look forward to answering your questions. Thank you, Mr. Carwell. We'll just keep going right down the, the table there. Our, our next nominee is Ms. Erin Elizabeth McKee. Ms. McKee is the President's nominee to be the Ambassador of Papua New Guinea, the Solomon Islands, and Vanuatu. Close, not even, not really close. Ms. McKee is a career member of the Foreign Service, Senior Foreign Service, and currently serves as USAID's Mission Director in Indonesia. Previously, she was Senior Deputy Assistant Administrator and Chief Human Capital Officer in USAID's, USAID's Office of Human Capital and Talent Management and Senior Deputy Assistant Administrator for the Bureau of Policy, Planning, and Learning. Ms. McKee has also served at USAID missions in Kazakhstan, Iraq, Peru, Bolivia, Israel, and Russia. Ms. McKee. Mr. Chairman, Ranking Member, distinguished members of the committee, it is a great honor to appear before you today as the President's nominee to be ambassador to the United, of the United States to Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands, and Vanuatu. 
I'm grateful to the members of the committee uh, for the opportunity to speak to you today uh, about my qualifications and goals. If confirmed, I pledge to work with you to advance our nation's interest in these three Pacific Island nations. With the chairman's permission, I'd like to quickly introduce my family. My father, Stu Kinder, my husband, <clears throat> Sean McKee, and my daughter, Caitlin, are here with me today. Their unconditional love and support have been my rock throughout my public service career. From Moscow to Lima, from Baghdad to Jakarta, they have stood by my side and shared in the sacrifice and adventure of nearly 25 years in the Foreign Service. I'm so pleased that they could join me today. I could not have made this journey without them, and for that, I am truly grateful. Since 1995, I have had the privilege of serving and representing the United States in eight overseas assignments, as well as here in Washington, D.C., with the U.S. Agency for International Development. It has been my honor to serve the American people and advance our country's interests, promote our values and principles, and offer host country nations a model for hope, security, and prosperity across a variety of diverse contexts. I'm currently serving as the USAID Mission Director to Indonesia and ASEAN, which I resumed after filling the role of Deputy Chief of Mission at Embassy Jakarta last year. Throughout my tenure in the Foreign Service, I have proven my ability to work with host countries to advance our shared goals and principles. In multiple posts, I have developed mission and host country st strategies, securing broad interagency support. I successfully led our interagency and mission partners to strategically plan and, more importantly, successfully execute our development and security assistance budgets. If confirmed, my technical background and development expertise have prepared me well to guide my country team as we work on issues affecting Papua New Guinea, the Solomon Islands, and Vanuatu to tackle economic inequality, poor governance, and underdeveloped capacity while furthering American partnerships. If confirmed, I am committed to advancing our vision of a free and open Indo-Pacific, which we share with other democracies in the Pacific region, including Australia, New Zealand, Taiwan, and Japan. The Solomon Islands is one of six Pacific Island nations that has diplomatic relations with Taiwan. I will stress the importance of maintaining cross-strait relations and work with regional partners to support increased economic engagement initiatives. Free, fair, and transparent economies are open, accountable, and rules-based, and governments must also be. Papua New Guinea, the Solomon Islands, and Vanuatu are young democracies. Our shared history provides us with opportunities we can further build upon to help these nations attract high-quality private investment and secure their sovereignty. However, we must also be realistic and operate with the understanding that competing models of assistance do not share our democratic values. China's relationships with Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands, and Vanuatu have deepened dramatically over the last two years. The United States should increase its visibility and sustain its commitments to become a stronger partner of choice for these three countries, as we did with our commitment to support the Papua New Guinea electrification program, which aims to increase household electrification from 15% today to 70% by 2030. If confirmed, I will work to offer a shared partnership and use the tools provided by this committee uh, to help the people uh, of these countries expand and grow and realize their full potential. The long and distinguished history of the Peace Corps in the region, the Asia Reassurance Initiative Act, and the BUILD Act further expand this toolkit. Together, these equip us to further deliver sustained engagement and action 
behind our declarations of support to these countries. If confirmed, I will also do more to support the private sector and increase investment in the region. I will use these tools to expand our cooperation, promote fair and inclusive growth, and increase opportunities for U.S. investment, strengthen our presence and amplify our message, backed by concrete deliverables that the United States cares about the Pacific and is there to stay. If confirmed, I will make taking care of my team and fostering a high-performing, healthy, and secure workplace a priority with zero tolerance for misconduct, including sexual harassment. I will prioritize the safety and security of all American citizens living in or visiting these island nations. Thank you for this invitation to appear before you. I welcome the opportunity to answer your questions. Thank you, Ms. McKee. Bana Atu, it's really not that hard, is it? Just got to <laughs> listen to it a couple of times. Totally blew it, Corey, before you got here. Uh, our next nominee is Mr. Anthony F. Godfrey. Mr. Godfrey is the President's nominee to be the Ambassador of Serbia. Mr. Godfrey is a 12-year U.S. Navy veteran and a career member of the Senior Foreign Service. He currently serves as Deputy Chief of Mission at the U.S. Embassy in Moscow. Previously, Mr. Godfrey served as Director of the Office of Iraq Affairs in the Bureau of Near East Affairs and as Minister Counselor for Political Affairs at the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. He speaks Russian, Turkish, and Serbo-Croatian. Mr. Godfrey. Mr. Chairman, Ranking Member Shaheen, distinguished members of the committee, it's a great honor to appear before you today as the President's nominee for U.S. Ambassador to the Republic of Serbia. I deeply appreciate the trust and confidence President Trump and Secretary Pompeo have placed in me to represent the American people, and I hope to earn your trust as well. If confirmed, I pledge to work closely with you to advance our nation's interests in Serbia. This hearing is an important event for my family, and I'm very proud that my wife, Anne, and two of our three children, our sons, Peter and Jamie, are with me today. They've served overseas with me through postings in Croatia, Armenia, Turkey, and Russia. And although they weren't with me in Iraq or in Chechnya, their support was essential for my success. My sister, Dr. Katie Godfrey, and my niece, Rosemary, are also present in the room today. And not present, but hopefully watching by live stream, is our daughter, Eilish, who lives in California. In nearly 40 years of service, both as a member of the Foreign Service and in the U.S. Navy, I have dedicated my professional life to improving America's security, prosperity, and position in the world. We have sought out challenging assignments where America's active diplomacy can make a difference in advancing our goals. In domestic assignments, I'm proud of the work I did to develop the International Coalition to Defeat ISIS. My work at the National Security Council helped advance our missile defense capability. Mr. Chairman, as you know, I've just left Moscow, and after serving first as the head of the policies team, and then for two years as Ambassador Huntsman's Deputy Chief of Mission, I am fully aware of Russia's aggressive behavior, malign influence, and disinformation campaigns throughout much of Europe. Our team has been an important part of U.S. efforts to confront these challenges. I believe the sum of these experiences has prepared me well to serve as Chief of Mission in Serbia. Serbia is a political and economic leader and plays a key role in influencing regional stability and cooperation. It is in the strategic interest of the United States that Serbia develops as a modern, democratic, prosperous European nation at peace with its neighbors, demonstrating full respect for the full rule of law and rights of all its citizens. We fully support Serbia's stated goal of European integration and EU membership. Serbia now stands at a critical inflection point, and political leaders in Belgrade must undertake serious reforms to advance Serbia on its EU path. Most importantly, Serbia must normalize its relationship with Kosovo in order to advance both countries' European integration. 
The United States continues to support the EU-facilitated dialogue aimed at comprehensive normalization of relations. We remain ready to help the parties in any way as they pursue a locally owned agreement that is durable, implementable, and increases regional stability. If confirmed, I am committed to promoting normalization of relations between Pristina and Belgrade as a top US priority in the region. Together with my colleagues in Pristina and Washington, our European partners, and this committee, I will work to encourage the parties to return to the table in good faith. An important element of the United States' work in Serbia is promoting and defending our shared democratic values. Violence and threats of violence against journalists in Serbia are increasing self-censorship and hindering journalists' ability to faithfully inform the public. If confirmed, I will lead my team in helping our Serbian partners to strengthen their democratic institutions, protect the rights of members of minority communities, combat corruption, and improve media freedom. Serbians must take the lead in these efforts, but the United States can be an important partner, and if confirmed, I will ensure that we are. Serbia has an enormous potential with an educated and talented workforce, a location at an important trading crossroads for Europe, and a long culture of hospitality. Strengthening the rule of law will enable Serbia to further attract investment and curb the debilitating emigration of its youngest and brightest. While Serbia has made great strides in reforming its economy, it needs to do more, particularly to combat the corrosive consequences of corruption, to make it a more attractive environment for business. Serbia is also an important partner, partner in international stability and contributes hundreds of military personnel to UN and EU peacekeeping operations. Serbia's contribution of peacekeeping troops and medical professionals is among the highest per capita in all of Europe. If confirmed, I will continue to seek resolution to a persistent irritant in our bilateral relationship. To date, there have been no prosecutions for the murder of three Americans, Ildi Agron and Mehmet Butigi executed while in Serbian police custody in 1999. I am committed to pressing the Serbian government to complete a thorough investigation and ensure that all who are involved in these crimes are brought to justice, regardless of rank or position. The United States and Serbia have a long and in some ways a complicated history. We are allied during two world wars. In 1918, President Wilson raised the Serbian flag over the White House. But the 1990s were a difficult time and we must work together to find a way to come to terms with that legacy. Nevertheless, the broader arc of our ties has been positive and mutually beneficial. This is an ambitious agenda, but if confirmed, I would be supported by an incredibly talented team of Americans and locally employed staff at Embassy Belgrade and interagency partners in Washington. With the support of the legislative branch, I am committed to doing my utmost to promote our sh shared goal, a democratic Serbia providing growth and security for its citizens at peace with all of its neighbors and firmly set on a path of European integration. Thank you once again for granting me the opportunity to be, appear before this committee today, and I look forward to your questions. Thank you, Mr. Godfrey. Our fourth nominee is Ms. Harold Mustafa. Mr. Mustafa is the President's nominee to be the Ambassador to Bulgaria. Ms. Mustafa is a career member of the Senior Foreign Service and currently serves as Deputy Chief of Mission at the U.S. Embassy in Lisbon. Previously, she served as Political Minister Counselor at the U.S. Embassy in New Delhi, Advisor in the Office of the Vice President and as a Director at the National Security Council. Ms. Mustafa speaks nine languages, only nine, uh, including Arabic, Russian, Russian, Hindi, and Farsi, and is the recipient of the Matilda W. Sinclair Award for Excellence in Foreign Language. Uh, Ms. Mustafa, in English, please. <laughs> Chairman Johnson. Sorry. Chairman Johnson, Ranking Member Shaheen, and distinguished members of the committee. 
I am honored to appear before you as the President's nominee to serve as Ambassador to the Republic of Bulgaria. I am thankful to the President and Secretary Pompeo for the confidence they have placed in me to undertake this role, and if confirmed, I pledge to work closely with the Congress to advance our nation's interests in Bulgaria. Family is extremely important to me, and I am blessed to have so much love and support. I am proud to be the first American of Kurdish descent to be nominated as ambassador. In the audience is my father, an incredible man who gave so much of his life so that we could live in freedom and have access to opportunity. Also in the audience is my mother, a courageous, strong woman, the bedrock of our family. My parents' one request of me and my siblings as we were growing up in Minot, North Dakota, was to always do good. They taught us to set our goals high in every aspect of life, whether career or personal, to achieve those goals and then aim even higher. That approach and optimism are what have shaped me into the person that I am today, and if confirmed, will guide my vision for achieving success for America in Bulgaria. My loving husband, Ravnish Garg, is with our four-year-old daughter, Ariana, watching via live stream with all my in-laws in India. Also in the audience are my incredibly hardworking brother, Hilo, my sister-in-law, Willow, my beautiful niece, Zara, and my two-year-old daughter, Ashna. She's with my mother. I have dedicated over two decades to serving the United States in the Department of State. Much of my work has promoted rule of law, democratization, energy security, and anti-corruption efforts. Before joining the Foreign Service, I worked as an election supervisor with the OSCE in Bosnia, and my first Foreign Service assignment was in Greece. I have worked throughout my career with my European colleagues on issues of mutual interest, such as Iraq, Afghanistan, and Iran. My last assignment was in Portugal, where I was the Deputy Chief of Mission and served as Chargé d'Affaires. I am honored now to have the opportunity, if confirmed, to serve in Bulgaria, a country renowned for its hospitable people, incredibly beautiful mountains, and rich cultural heritage. If confirmed, my top priority will be ensuring the safety and security of U.S. citizens. I will also take seriously my role as Chief of Mission to manage our most precious resource, our people, at the Embassy, including our local staff, who are an important part of our mission. In addition, I will focus the work of the Embassy on the following priorities that I like to categorize as the three Cs, connectivity, collaboration, and corruption. First on connectivity. If confirmed, I will work to deepen the bonds between Bulgaria and the West on all fronts to include economic, military, commercial, cultural, and people-to-people -people ties. This extends to civil society, including women and youth. Bulgaria is a strong NATO ally, and I am pleased to share that the government of Bulgaria today, under the leadership of Prime Minister Borisov, has just finalized the process to ratify a deal to procure eight F-16 fighter aircraft from the United States. This marks a significant step forward towards modernizing Bulgaria's armed forces to NATO standards 
and we appreciate the pivotal role that the Congress has played in supporting this deal. I am also committed to expanding our economic relationship, increased transparency, predictability, and stability in the investment climate are key to increased economic ties. And if confirmed, I will work to level the playing field for US businesses in Bulgaria. Second, on collaboration, I would like to work with all my colleagues across the region to promote regional collaboration. Bulgaria has been a positive player in the region and a leader in advancing Western Balkan integration. They've also been supportive of the recent PRESPA agreement between Greece and the Republic of North Macedonia. Energy security is also a critical part of national security. Bulgaria imports most of its energy from Russia, including nearly all of its nuclear fuel and natural gas. If confirmed, I will work to support Bulgaria's efforts to diversify its energy supply to include the Greece-Bulgaria interconnector. Third, on corruption, if confirmed, I will work with Bulgaria on fighting corruption and advancing rule of law, which is key to Bulgaria's continued growth. Thank you again for this opportunity. I look forward to your questions, and if confirmed, to working with you to build the relations between our two nations. Well, thank you, Ms. Mustafa. I think, I think it's pretty obvious just by your opening statements and looking at your list of qualifications that the President really has nominated for exceptional individuals, very well qualified for these posts that will represent America well in your, in your postings. Um, we have had a vote called, so I think we have some time for some questions, but I, I didn't want you to th be insulted by the fact that we don't have more senators here. That's what's happening. We've got stacked votes, and so everybody's you know, flocking to the floor now to, to vote on time, right? Um, uh, normally, we do like a little bit better language skills, but we'll, you know, we'll take that in consideration. Uh, I'm happy to yield to you if you've got some questions, then vote, because I'll, then I'll close out the hearing with my questions. Well, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I, I want to begin with you, Mr. Carwile, because I had a chance to vi visit Latvia a co couple of years ago, and um, one of the things that I did while I was there was to visit um, a building that they have turned into a museum of the terror that occurred when the Soviet Union reoccupied Latvia at the end of World War II. And they were very clear on the challenges that they continue to have with Russian influence in Latvia and um, the population that still identifies with Russia. So I wonder if you could talk about the kinds of threats that Latvia faces for Russia and what you can do as ambassador to work with them to help Latvia address those um, concerns. Thank you, Senator, for that question. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. As a frontline state, uh, and given its history, which is very well known uh, in last century, Latvia is very much aware of what was then the Soviet Union's threat to them and now the Russian threat. And Russia would like nothing better than to break not only the strong relationship that we have with them, but also with NATO and, and the other Western democracies. So we work closely with uh, Latvia now on a bilateral and also a regional or through NATO uh, basis. The, uh, one of the th important things is to increase me uh, media literacy in the country. I don't know if you had the opportunity to, to visit the Stratcom Center of Excellence and also the Baltic uh, Media Center of Excellence. Those are two efforts that we're intimately involved in. We all, there are also a number of embassy programs that are, that are run to try to uh, bring truth 
as it were, to the, to the areas mostly in the east that are uh, largely ethnic Russian right. to uh, sort of counter that malign Russian influence. I mean, it's no secret that the, the Russians are very, they have very high quality TV programming that is beamed into there. So it's a difficult sort of uh, message, counter message that needs to be done, but that's done. And if I were confirmed, it would be done by more active engagement, which um, uh, former Ambassador Pettit was very good at. But those are the sorts of program, whether it's in schools, whether it's with uh, individual service men and women who come, and there's uh, a lot of on-the-ground programs that, that are in process. Well, thank you. I, I did have a chance to visit um, the, the media effort that has been underway, and I thought it was a good example for us in the United States as we think about how do, how do we counter the Russian threat of disinformation in the U.S. And continuing on the concern about Russian influence in the Balkans, as opposed to the Baltics, where I think there are also reasons to be concerned. Um, Mr. Godfrey, there is a report in the media today about the Serbian leader Vucic, who is thanking the Russians for their delivery of 10 armored patrol vehicles, um, part of a promised supply of 30 tanks and 30 reconnaissance vehicles, and that's on top of um, 10 armored vehicles that have come to Serbia. And I, I think there are two reasons to be concerned about this. One is because of the obvious effort of Russia to continue to influence what happens in Serbia, but also the concerns that it raises among the other nations in the Balkans about um, that harken back to the wars of the 90s and Serbia's role during that period. So I wonder if you can talk about what you could do as ambassador to help keep Serbia moving along the trajectory that they've been on to join the EU and to look west as opposed to looking back to Russia. Thank you, Senator, for that question. And I'm very sorry I didn't get a chance to welcome you in Russia when I was there. Uh, that was not up to me, though. Yes, I was disappointed. Senator Johnson and I were both disappointed that I wasn't allowed in. That's, that was a disappointment. But uh, you're exactly right, uh, Senator. Uh, our goals uh, for the Western Balkans and, and Russia's uh, do not align. Uh, the United States uh, uh, aligns with Serbia's own goals for uh, supporting Serbia's Western integration, and uh, Russia uh, opposes Western integration and sows friction and distrust, and uh, it's a real challenge. So our goal is uh, to model uh, for the Serbians, to encourage with the Serbians and with the European Union their further work uh, towards Western integration. And uh, as I said in my statement, uh, that includes uh, uh, normalization of its ties with Kosovo. Um, can you go into a little more detail about the efforts in Kosovo? Um, I can remember when the first um, negotiations were looking like they were going to reach a positive outcome, hearing that Russia worked very hard to try and keep that from happening, and yet Serbia and Kosovo both moved forward despite that. So can you talk about what the potential is to reduce tensions and to actually find a permanent resolution to the situation between Serbia and Kosovo? 
Yes, of course. Uh, we are working hard uh, on this with our European partners, and it is, of course, uh, America's goal that uh, Serbia uh, continues along this, this path. And uh, we are working uh, both in uh, Pristina and in Belgrade, and in Washington, and with our colleagues in Brussels, and uh, thank you uh, with this committee, uh, to find ways uh, to model for both uh, the Serbians and the Kosovars, uh, ways to resume these negotiations, to step back from uh, these really counterproductive steps uh, that both sides have taken. Both sides need this, uh, and it will take both sides uh, to move it forward. And uh, it's, it's our job, uh, together with the Europeans, to, to make this happen. Um, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. I think that Serbia's role in the Western Balkans is very important. They represent um, a very important country as we think about the future, and I think it's important to encourage them to resolve differences and to help them continue to look west as opposed to east, and I think the United States' role in doing that is going to be very important. Ms. Mustafa, first of all, Congratulations on being the first Kurdish American appointed to an ambassadorship. Thank you um, very much. We especially appreciate the relationship that the U.S. has had with the Kurds. Um, as you look at the challenges that faces, face Bulgaria, obviously one of those is the potential for Russia interference in Bulgaria as well. The, the efforts of Bulgaria to address corruption and some of their other challenges offer fertile ground for Russia to try and exploit some of the um, corruption, economic insecurity, political volatility that exists there. So can you talk about how as ambassador you can work with the Bulgarians to address that? Uh, yes, uh, definitely, thank you. It's a very important uh, question. Um, rule of law is a long-term, uh, multifaceted, and challenging process, and I know that Bulgaria has passed constitutional amendments and that there is an anti-corruption commission, but more needs to be done. And in 2017, the State Department established a resident legal advisor's office in Embassy Sofia, and I think strengthening that office is uh, extremely important. Um, and the State Department also sends participants to the International Law Enforcement Academy. Thank you for your support on that. That has been uh, truly tremendous uh, in it's very Bulgaria. Impressive. Yes, yes. And so uh, as ambassador, if confirmed, I will continue these efforts as well as to uh, engage civil society, speak publicly about the importance of reform, and I think that's very important to do from the top. Thank you. And if I can ask one more question, Mr. Chairman. Um, finally, Ms. McKee, obviously you talked about the importance of Southeast Asia and our role there. As we look at other potential adversaries of the United States, China's influence in Asia is growing, and it's important for us to provide, I think, um, a counterweight to that. Can you talk about the ways in which you see working on that, if you're confirmed? Thank you very much, Senator, for the question. It's an important one. 
Um, countering China, uh, I prefer to characterize it as providing alternatives and options. And one of the ways... I like that characterization. Thank you. One of the ways I think that is important um, and that I mentioned in my statement is to increase our presence and demonstrate and follow through with our commitment with concrete deliverables so that alternative models of financing, infrastructure investment, attractive playing field for the private sector, and other alternatives to state-led uh, op options that China provides um, is what I would, would aim for. I would deepen our work to demonstrate that commitment, advance human rights and other things that I believe we share in terms of values and principles with these Pacific Island nations. And through this amplified presence and demonstrated commitment, I believe that the United States would serve as the partner of choice for these countries. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Senator Sheen. The, the vote has been called, so you want to head on down. Um, let me follow up with you, with you, Ms. McKee. What what investments or what activity has China uh, been engaged in, in in that region? Thank you for the question, sir. I cannot give you specifics for, for the three countries. I'm not there on the ground yet. However, I do know that, they, uh, that there are some um, debt financing and infrastructure deals on the table for those countries, uh, for the three Pacific Island nations. So, what, so they haven't been concluded yet? Some of them haven't been concluded yet. We hear a lot of deals being discussed coming out of the Belt and Road Forum, but for them to materialize, I think it would be very important for us to make sure that those countries, if they are going to enter into negotiations, have sound economic advice and adhere to the importance of transparency and clarity as they come to the negotiation table. I do get the sense that as other nations are looking at the results of some of these other, you know, no strings attached uh, investments, and it's not no strings, there's chains attached to them, uh, they are becoming a little bit more wary. So I, I like also your typification of providing an alternative. Uh, and I would argue the best alternative. Uh, Mr. Godfrey, I think you're aware that I've been engaged pr pretty in-depth in with uh, Serbia and Kosovo, three trips there. I've met repeatedly in other forums back here in the U.S. with both President Vucic and Thaci and the foreign prime minister. Uh, it is disappointing that we haven't made progress. There, there have been, as you say, actions taken on both sides which uh, have not been helpful. Um, in my most recent meetings with both sides, you talked about the EU-led uh, negotiations. There was a real plea for greater U.S. involvement. Uh, is that something that you're aware that the State Department, uh, this administration, is willing to engage in, uh, become, provide more of a leadership role in trying to hammer out an agreement as opposed to what we have been stating? I think it's been valid, too, giving them the space, let the parties come to an agreement. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you for your leadership on this issue. It's been very important, and uh, I hope it will continue to be. Uh, uh, we are disappointed that there has been more progress. And uh, your leadership has been, part, uh, has been an important part of uh, the United States stepping up more. Uh, and uh, I suggest that uh, Secretary Pompeo's recent meeting with the, the foreign minister when he was here in Washington to attend uh, the Ministerial for International Religious Freedom was a good step in that direction as well. Uh, it is an EU process. Uh, they own it. It is uh, Western integration with a, a goal of... Uh, uh, EU membership. 
there are ways that we can make it more attractive, and uh, if confirmed, I will uh, continue to pursue them. Uh, we have important uh, assistance programs uh, that uh, are about choice, uh, making clear that the Serbians understand uh, where uh, their goals and their own uh, pursuits lie. And very often that is uh, in opposition or at least uh, uh, not together with uh, where the Russians want them to head. But as I said earlier, sir, uh, it's got to be something uh, to for it to be a durable solution, uh, the parties have to own it uh, and, and they have to work it out. I agree that, you know, there's a window of opportunity. I don't know how long that window stays open, but, you know, windows can close as well. So I'm assuming this is the top priority. I think you stated that in your testimony. So I'd like to do everything I can to work with you, the State Department, this administration, to try and take advantage of this moment in time. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Ms. Mustafa, just quick general interest question. Did, did your parents emigrate here into the U.S.? Uh, so we came as refugees. Okay. Uh, from, from, from where? From, from Iraq? From Arbil in Iraq. Okay. Yes, and uh, we, we landed in Minot, North Dakota. So that's where we An, an interesting place to land. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm glad you did. And again, you've, you've taken... Uh, it, really advantage of the situation, and I really commend you for that. Thank you. Um, Russian interference is pervasive mm -hmm. uh, throughout Eastern Europe. Um, as ambassador, really what is your primary uh, counter to that in working with the Bulgarians? Uh, this I go back to the three C's, the connectivity, the collaboration, um, as well as the, the corruption. But uh, on the connectivity, we have to be visible. The Russians are very visible in these areas. And for us, uh, we have to be visible not only as ambassadors, but as a U.S. government. And this is where, again, working with you, if confirmed, and, and other members of Congress uh, uh, being uh, present in Bulgaria, I think is, is uh, very important to demonstrate our support to strengthen the links uh, with the West on, on all of those various fronts. China has been surprisingly active in Eastern, yes. Southeastern uh, European countries. What's their level of activity in Bulgaria? So they uh, have, uh, the Bulgarians have politically good ties with the Chinese, uh, and uh, they are interested in uh, greater economic ties. Um, and uh, so this, for me, will, will obviously be a focus. Uh, they do not yet have the level of uh, commercial uh, investment as they do in other parts, uh, but uh, um, this is an area to, to watch very closely. Well, as Ms. McKee suggests, show them a better alternative. Yes. <laughs> and again, you know, Serbia, I mean, Bulgaria both, the economic future with those countries lies with the West, with yes. EU, with, with America. Russia offers nothing other than gas and destabilization and, and false propaganda. So I uh, wish you well there. Uh, Mr. Carwile, I'm certainly concerned about Russian aggression, aggression into Georgia, Crimea, Eastern Ukraine. I think we all worry about some move if we don't show the strength and resolve into one of the Baltic states. Um, you know, we have the air patrols there. We have more of a forward presence. Uh, anything else you think we should do I'm, I'm assuming you support all those efforts. Uh, thank you for the question, Senator. Yes, of course. Uh, I think the United States uh, 
is very supportive of the event. You mentioned the advanced uh, forward presence posts that are led by the Canadians there, and we supply, supply regional support from Warsaw, from, from Poland on that. So we already have a robust sort of presence there with rotation of a lot of NATO forces. We also have some American uh, servicemen and women that are there on a semi-permanent basis for rotary air support. And there's also a long time since 1991 relationship with the Michigan National Guard. So these are the sorts of things that for the American military presence there, but also more broadly in NATO. Okay, well, thank you, Mr. Crywell. I do have to go vote. Um, take the fact that other senators didn't show up is a vote of confidence. I mean, I mean, I, I mean that you know, with all sincerity. You take a look at all of your backgrounds. You are very well suited, very well qualified. You represent America well. Again, I congratulate you for your nomination. Wish you well. Again, thank you and your families. It's obviously in the testimony. There have been a lot of sacrifices during your careers. We truly do appreciate that. So we wish you well. The hearing record will remain open for statements or questions until the close of business on Thursday, August 1st. This hearing is adjourned.